0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. yeah. With a for my baby, there, baby. We didn't know, baby. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to them. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby speed in hand. Just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. You nah. see, they told me I'm the one.
1: Patreon roll call. We got Nick Chavez, Abel Rezin, Ben Cozzi, And Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platis, Devin Rondone, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crummage, and Thomas Robinson. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash if you join the Patreon for the month of June, you're in the $5 tier, you are getting a tank top. Well, shouldn't say that. Someone is going to get a tank top. That'd be a lot of tank tops to give out, George. If That's it was all. Bro. That'd be a lot. You know, Sun's out, gun's out. Yeah, we're doing well, but not that well. Oh. You know what I'm saying, brother? But if we get more Patreon members, then maybe we'll be able to give out more shit.
2: Yeah. Right? Nice Old. high quality shit. Yes. Yes. Have you ever taken a VM shirt and then cut the sleeves off? To like make a big tank top yourself or? No, I haven't. Like customize material that's already customized. No. You should probably do that. I like that. You know, just let the arms breathe one episode. I think that's what the people of the win want. They you, want ever, to see you ever it.
1: seen uh, Nick and Nate Diaz? They never really like flex and that's what I do. Like they just kind of mm-hmm. just, huh?
2: They put their hands up. Yeah, I'm a fighter, bro. Yeah. No, that is, <laughs> that's funny. They never I, like fight. Like, like everyone always it. is
1: flexing. They kind of just throw their arms up. I've never noticed it. What, that's what I do, also. So, in the $5 tier, someone's going to win a tank top for the month of June, and then in the 20 and $40 tier, somebody is going to get a bomber jacket. And like I said on the episode last week, I don't even have one of these bomber jackets. So, there you have it. It goes a long way to helping building out the show,
2: and hopefully the winner enjoyed the UFC pay-per-view over the weekend. I really, yeah. No, no, no. I'm. Who's the main, main event for that one? Nunez
1: and Aldana.
2: But Dude, Charlie Olives came back. So right now, I would, I'm just going to say big win for Nunez. Wow, yeah, you think yeah, so? Yeah, she did her thing, brother. Talking into the future? Yeah.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know.
2: She looks... We'll see. This like is they either going to age would, greatly or poorly? No, I, I think it's going to be great. I, um, I bet the house on it. So, you know, I'm taking a vacation next week.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't agree, but let's do it. We'll All see. Right. We'll see. We'll clip this and <laughs> see what happens. Uh, George, this yes. is going to start off the NFL coverage for VM. Um, Every week you'll be getting an NFL episode of some sorts. And if you guys have been familiar with the off-season summer programming for Veterans Minimum, this is what we've been doing for many years now. And it's cool because it allows us to talk about every division and basically every team. We're doing like a mini preview without really giving out official picks. So if you're new to VM... Or if you want a refresher, we're doing the biggest addition, subtraction, storyline, and X-Factor for the division as a whole. So not an individual team. Mm -hmm. And then just a way for us to touch on said division. And I figure since you're going to be on the show, your favorite team is the Saints. I've been high on the Saints. I was on VEASAN talking about the Saints. You got a Saints shirt. Is that uh, Mark Ingram? Oh.
2: This is a old school. Yeah, bro. This is like Reebok jersey, Yeah, years. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like it. Authentic. Dude, the Reeboks are so much better. Reebok jerseys will last forever. Yeah. And that's the thing that people with these Adidas jerseys that are squeezing the life out of our players in college, and, I mean, even the NFL jerseys, it just, it's not, like, form-fitting anymore. Like, this is comfortable. I feel like modern-day jerseys just, they ain't got the same comfortability. The NFC South. Yes, how would you describe this division? I would describe this division as year in, year out, one of the top two most competitive divisions that there is. Whoa. I, I do know, not agree. I so I think the NFC East definitely is also in that and that same vein. And what I mean by competitive, it may not be that all the teams in the division are lighting the world on fire, but inside their own division, it's really tough. And to win the division. Amongst themselves? Correct. Amongst themselves. Okay, you swung me a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, very okay. competitive amongst just like the NFC East. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's that's my comparison. Again, right? I gotta let you
1: finish before this, me. Interrupt
2: just you. comparison. No, 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 I love I love it uh, when you don't let me finish. It's okay. Well, I got a little <laughs> bit of blue balls. Um, but if I was to describe the division, it's extremely competitive, and it seems like over the last decade there really hasn't been one extremely dominant team, like. There's, uh, there, you know, I can say the Saints, but then we remember the run that Matty Ice had with Julio. Then we look even a couple years before that with Cam Newton and the Panthers, like this division has swung back and forth and then it ends with Brady this past year. So now I think we're in like this new era of the division, which is fun. And I think there are uh, a lot of new projects in the division and the Saints uh, break that stigma. So. I know I kind of went long winded there with what I think the division or how I describe it, but how do you see it? You are right.
1: From conversations I have with my buddy Alan, who covers the Falcons for a couple of different news outlets and like blogs, he would always tell me, he's like, dude, it's, you know, it's, it's Sinks week for the Falcons. I'm like, yeah, but you guys are both like three and 12. It means something, he's like, bro. That's what he would tell it me. He's like, something. yo, it he's like, hey, man, for us, it matters. Like, Yeah. You ask a Falcon fan, they'll say, yo, as long as we beat the Saints twice, we're good. Mm -hmm. Like, if we go two and 15, if those two wins are against the Saints, we're ecstatic. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're so happy. And you're right. Amongst each other, definitely one of the more competitive divisions. Yes. There's a lot of turnover in this division Mm now. Almost every team will have a guy starting this year, week one. That did not start last year for them. And in some cases, wasn't even on the roster. Right. The biggest addition in this
2: division, in your opinion, is... Derek Carr. Yeah, mine too. Yes. You're bringing in a veteran quarterback who proved himself throughout all the years with the Raiders, throwing for over 3,500 yards for like seven straight years. And... I think he was done so wrong last year, bro, that he has this chip on his shoulder to not only prove Josh McDaniels and all the Raiders wrong, but to prove that, you know, although he's not a superstar quarterback, what we define as a superstar quarterback, he is good enough to win 60% of the games. And I think that's the that set standard that, you know, he's, he's kind of molded for himself. He's not going to get you 70 percent of the wins. He's not even going to give you 65 percent. But he's going to make every game competitive. And last year, the Raiders did him so wrong. Jared sit him for the last three weeks to kind of stick it to him. And I think that, without a doubt, I mean, the only other big additions you could say could be draft picks. And I, I would imagine so like, so Derek Carr's off the board, who would you say is the next biggest addition? It's literally all draft picks. Like it could
1: be Bijan Robinson, it could be Bryce Young, it could be the tackle that the Bucks took, uh, Cansey. Cansey. Yep. Yep. Because they also North Dakota State. Yeah, they lose. They took him in the first round. They lose Akeem Hicks. So it became a need, and we know about the front seven for the Bucks. But the answer is Derek Carr. And look, at one point last year. And even the year before, VM sort of became a Derek, a pro Derek Carr podcast. I just was singing his praises when they made the playoffs with Rich uh, Basacia. Yeah, when and then just the way he handled himself, bro, he, and handled dude. everything thrown. Like, dude, yes, you had the Gruden emails, you had Henry Ruggs. Yep, you had uh, Arnett the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still have to lead. You 52 had your special teams coach become your head coach. Yeah, midseason, you're you're playing every game one score. We've known about their record. It's like, yo, the way he handled himself and I kept making yeah. the case. And this is why sometimes people like they hear but they don't listen. I was like, yo, I think he's worthy of an MVP vote that year. And it's not from a numbers standpoint. It's just the way, yes, what he meant for that organization. He held
2: a unit together.
1: Yeah. And now he goes to the Saints, which I'm a big fan of their roster. I'm a fan of Derek Carr. Look, last year, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 3,500 yards. The year before that, he had 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 4,800 yards. And also, again, one score games. In 2021, they won all of them. They were 4-0 in overtime. And then what happens last year? They lost a lot of games at the buzzer. Yep, Cardinals. At the buzzer, mm-hmm. right? Like even you know the the Raiders and the Rams, and the Rams, Rams, the, uh, the Patriots game, right? It went their way. That mm-hmm. one score game went their way. Mm-hmm. They should have lost that one too. Yep. But that's just what happened. So him going over there, I think it's a big addition. Man, I really think the Saints. When you look at their schedule, they have a legitimate chance to be the top seed in the
2: NFC. I agree with you. Their schedule is. Laughable. It's it's not and laughable you know, in a I'm, good way. Yeah, like but it, I'm not the happiest about it as a as a fan. You know, and I, and you can hope that your division's really strong this year so that you can get some good looks. But it's almost like one of those schedules where you're like, we almost weren't prepared for how good the teams are in the playoffs. Because, I mean, I'm looking through here right now. They open up with the Titans at home.
1: Then they go to Carolina and they go to Green Bay. Two of their four outdoor games this year. Yep. Right? And they're both in September, bro. That's so important. And then they play at home against the Bucks, And then they go to Foxborough October 8th. What's it going to be? Like 60 degrees? 50 degrees? Chilling. All right. If it rains, that's going to suck. But... You'd much rather Dude. go to Foxborough in October than in
2: middle of December. The Saints played the Eagles last year in December. I don't know if you remember that game that the Saints beat the Eagles Yeah, uh, late in the year, right? Shitty weather. And we had to run Taysom Hill till the, the wheels fell off that game. Seriously, And we got the win, but that's not like Saints football. Saints football is a dome, deep passes to Michael Thomas, and I think you're going to see a lot of it this year. Um, Olave now Olave I Olave is my little the the hidden gem I just read a report he ain't hidden no more bro like people people are aware but he's gonna be a hidden gem because of what Mike Thomas is gonna do good point he's gonna overshadow him completely yep because yep, yep. I think Thomas is coming back with a, a certain little level of uh, you know rest to him that all these other players ain't really uh, well also I feel I, I feel as if
1: yeah and I also feel a guy like Michael Thomas, he's probably going to have that chip on his shoulder that he had like when he first came into the league when he was not a first-round pick. And you could easily see him saying, yo, y'all must have forgot. Must have forgot. I was considered the, rest, the best
2: wide receiver in the league. When I, when I mean by like the rest, right, it's just different. He succeeded and had a chance to reflect and see what he can improve on. A lot of these people just have to come in and find that mold first and now he's actually had a, a little bit of time to reevaluate, dude. And I think that's dangerous. I think when you have a year to sit back and to learn, but you're still close with the team, like that's the most, uh, you know, electric position to be in, especially for him with a new quarterback that's also trying to prove himself. So we both have the same addition. What would you say is the biggest subtraction of this division? It would I feel it's it's obvious to say Tom Brady. That was not gonna be mine. Really? Yeah. I think Tom Brady comes back and play if he was to come back and play another year with the Bucks, he would be one of the scare like scariest teams to play twice. No doubt. I mean, he was the reason why the Saints didn't make the playoffs last year. And I mean the Saints had a pretty good year for the the cards that they were dealt, what Andy Dalton was able to produce after Jameis got hurt, the Buccaneers now are, you know, a, a greatest of all time short at quarterback position. I feel for for me, that's the greatest loss for that division. If you look at it from a betting perspective,
1: no team has suffered a bigger drop in win total from one year to another than Tampa Bay. Whoa. Going into 2022, what was it 10, 11 and a half wins a half? projected? This year six and a half. Hmm. That goes to show you what Brady brings to the table as opposed to what Baker now or Trask is gonna bring to the table. And obviously a lot of you listening to this is probably like, yeah, no shit, Brady's not there. Yeah. But that goes to show you that you don't really see win totals change that much, dude. Like, even if even if your star running back goes down for the year in the preseason, it ain't really gonna change much right. The only time it does change is when it's a quarterback move. Remember Mm -hmm. when Andrew Luck that one year in the summer everyone was saying man he can't even grip a football. It was like the middle of August and then two weeks later after those reports word got out from like Colts B-Riders like oh this dude is hitting like 60 yard bombs to T.Y. Hilton. (laughs) (laughs) He's fine. It went from seven and a half to nine. That's, That's a significant move and it made sense because, like, no one knew. No mm-hmm. one knew what happened with Andrew Love.
2: Yep. I miss him, bro. That I was my yeah.
1: guy, dude. That was my guy.
2: Did he look better in a Colts uniform or in a Stanford Cardinal uniform? The Cardinal was, I agree. Cardinal I, I was,
1: was a yes, yes. The Cardinal was good, man. Yes. The Cardinal was good. Dude, my subtraction, though, DJ Moore.
2: That so I you could I was gonna say Christian McCaffrey would he fit into that I mean I know he started the year with the division no it wouldn't fit because it's it's at the conclusion of last year and yo
1: if you really think about it bro if you really think about it he is from a future standpoint not future in the betting space from a franchise future standpoint. It's the biggest loss because they also gave up a bunch of assets to move up in the draft to get Bryce Young. Very true. So DJ Moore leaving, plus whatever those draft picks were, I don't have them in front of me. I apologize. But it was a lot (laughs) they gave up to go from eight to one to take him. So when when you combine everything together, I think DJ Moore and that trade is the biggest subtraction in this. NFC South. And then on the flip side, you could say, yo, that's the biggest gain in the NFC North, potentially. All those picks that the Bears got. Definitely. And you get the wide receiver. Yes. Spoiler. That's definitely going to be mine when the time comes. But yeah, I think subtraction, it's DJ Moore leaving. And everything that went with him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it was a crap ton of picks. I'm seeing here ninth overall, a second round pick in 2023, first round pick in 24, second round in 25. For DJ Moore. And yeah. I mean, he had a he he had a Pretty decent year last year. I mean, he, the Panthers surged at the end of the year. And that's, that's what uh, goes back to me saying this is a very competitive division. Nobody, like, I feel has taken the worst record in the league. And that would be an interesting stat to maybe go back and find to, to see if they've actually ever had. Do you know how shady the Panthers roster is?
1: They have a lot of good players on this team. And let's not forget about DJ Moore for as great as he is. He's the reason they didn't make the playoffs last year. Remember the Falcons game? He scores the touchdown and then he takes his helmet off. You're so right. And then yes. that ends
2: up being a personal foul. Gets them to, uh, at the end of the touchdown, right? So it was at like the a 15-yard penalty.
1: 15-yard penalty. I think the-, the guy misses the extra point. Or, or I think Atlanta takes it on the kickoff. But that ended up costing them.
2: Yes. I think it was a missed extra point.
1: That ended up costing them. Yes. And, and, yeah, you remember last game of the year, them in Tampa Bay, it was like, winner makes the playoffs. It was like, holy shit, Sam Darnold's going to make the playoffs? Because, yeah. <laughs> remember, Baker got benched. So, yeah, DJ Moore, big, biggest subtraction. You're right,
2: though, about that Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers uh, depth chart. Them picking up Miles Sanders and getting Adam Thielen. Sneaky. Sneaky Just solid
1: off. vets. Solid vets for a young team. A hundred percent. Brian Damn. Burns, bro. Brian Burns, best best offensive player no one talks about probably.
2: You are correct. Shaq Thompson's been doing it for a while. Hell yeah. JC uh, Horn. Horn. Yep.
1: They got, they got some pieces there. They got some pieces. Speaking of which, X-Factor. Who do you think is the biggest X-Factor in this division? A little caveat. I apologize if I didn't tell you. And if you'd like to think about it more, I have no problem with... Yeah, starting the conversation. It needs to be someone that's not like an obvious name. You can't tell me Mike Evans. Like, give me, give me someone shady or, or maybe a new draft pick of some kind. Because for me, <clears throat> for me it's
0: Bijan John Robinson. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. He,
1: for what everyone is saying about him, best running back prospect in Saquon. Everybody wanted him in the draft. Everyone wanted him. Like if if running backs didn't have that stigma of you can't take one in the first round and you can find running backs anywhere, when people have the conversation of the best player in the draft, Mm -hmm. people were saying it was him coming out of Texas. And you have a unproven quarterback in Desmond Ritter Yo, you got some nice weapons in Atlanta. I know I kind of dumped on Kyle Pitts in the last episode, but Drake London, you got Kyle Pitts. Now you got uh, Bijan Robinson. Desmond Ritter is going to have tools at his disposal to at least make some noise. So I I think he could
2: be a massive, massive hit for this offense. I want to give you this hot take because I don't think Desmond Ritter will end up Being the starting quarterback for the full season for the Falcons. I think Taylor Heineke is a better quarterback. And I think Desmond Ritter was playing some games later on down uh, last season, those last four games that he played, that when you look at them, like they weren't necessarily the most meaningful. I don't think it was a true, accurate representation. But then they got Taylor Heineke, which has arguably what he's done in the backup role for the Commanders for the past three, four years, it's been pretty remarkable. So that was just something that when I was looking at the roster, I was like them picking up Heineke. I like Desmond Ritter to me, you know, there's, there's a lot more uh, to prove. And I don't think Bijan Robinson Robinson uh, is going to be that big of a, a stud right off rip. I think there's a, a long learning process when it comes to a running back position It'll be interesting to see him in pass pro. That's my favorite thing to see if running backs are really good at picking up blitzes, and they'll need it, you know? You got a young quarterback there um, that needs some stability. So I think that that's like the most upside, right? The the division is turning a leaf of sorts. You were listing an X factor. You go with Bijan. I'm going to list my X factor as Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The reason why I'm listening... X-Factor as if... X-Factor as in he has a stud offensive line. Not only a stud offensive line, but what some consider is a crazy wide receiver duo to come into. Easily. Easily. With Evans and Godwin. Yeah. Everyone's been crapping on him for the lack of production in the last two places he's been. But I think myself... Baker Mayfield still has that dog in him. And with protection and belief behind him, that's what makes me feel he's the X factor in this this case.
1: Man, I couldn't disagree
2: with you more. I just don't get it. Like, why do we...
1: Dude, you know what Baker Mayfield is? Because he was the number one overall pick, he's going to always get opportunities. Or does
2: he make opportunities?
1: No, I think people are attached to where you got drafted. If you're a first-round pick, bro, people are going to sell the owner. The GM is going to sell it to the coach or whatever. Someone is going to be selling the idea like, hey, man, he was a top-10 pick. He was the number one overall pick. Maybe we can save him. How good would it look if we revitalized him? If
2: Baker was a fifth-round pick, bro, he'd be in the XFL now. I beg to differ. I think there is a there's a level of good quarterback play there that proves that he actually, if we if we were to rank the quarterbacks here in this division, he's high on that list. Yeah, but that's only because one guy's a rookie,
1: and the other guy played what two games last year, three. And I, I would still so the,
2: with the level of support, I think he has a, a Derek Carr type. Potential, upside potential. Mm. And we're talking X factor here in the division. My obvious pick would have been Mike Thomas coming back. That now, now we're dropping some gems. Yeah. But I'm gonna be truthful in the fact that he is going to have the best situation Baker Mayfield has ever been in will be this year with the Buccaneers.
1: And hold I hold th- on, hold on. Let's think about this.
2: Mm, Cleveland
1: was pretty good when they first got Odell. You had Odell and Juice. You had Chubb. You had Miles Garrett there. Pretty sure you had Clowney.
2: I don't think the line was built built up. I, I, offensive no, line play. No, not, not, not initially,
1: but then they ended up spending the first round pick. Remember they got the dude from the Titans in free agency, the tackle Conklin, I think was his name Jack
2: Jack Conklin.
1: So they had spent money on the offensive line and then he just didn't deliver. They also got the head coach Stefanski. Mm-hmm. So I would I would say that that was a really good situation. And then it just went south with
2: Odell's yeah. pops. Well, that's the that's the part that I think it blows it up uh bigger than it needed to be. Like that was a really big situation there. Yeah. That video being released. I mean, I, I mean, myself, I think he's, he's got the years in now. He's going into year seven. He's in great weather all year. He's, he's got the tools around him to be successful. And so it wouldn't shock me if he ended up being that stud in this division that we're like, oh shit, we should have kept Baker Mayfield in mind 5-1 to to win the division right now in a division that's extremely competitive yeah it's crazy how this time
1: last year when we were talking about the NFC South it was it's Tampa Bay even if Brady goes down like they were so ahead of everyone else and now this year I feel like they're the only ones that I would legit eliminate from the conversation of winning the division you're right. They're six to one to win the division. They're plus 340 to make the playoffs. Another example, another example of the comparison I made last year between the Jaguars. Same scenario, same region of the country, George. If you do think that the Bucks can make the playoffs, don't bet them at plus 340 to make the playoffs. Bet them to win the division. 100%. You get. Double the number there. You get plus 600, plus 700 in some places. So again, it's the same exact talking point. Now, the big difference is I actually believed in the Jaguars last year as opposed to this year, don't really buy into Tampa Bay. However, that is what I like doing with this show to help people understand the betting space. If you think Tampa Bay can make the playoffs, the only way they're going to do that is by winning the division. So take them at plus 600 as opposed to a very popular bet you can make is to make the playoffs. You can get them at plus 340. So they're at plus 600. The Falcons are at plus 230. The Panthers are at plus 340. And then the Saints, to win the division, is at plus 135. The Saints are the biggest favorite to make the playoffs. They also have a win total of nine and a half. And in regards to the Carolina Panthers, George, before we wrap up this episode, I do think that if I was to have to make a bet on this team, I would probably bet Bryce Young to win rookie of the year at plus five hundred, as opposed to them to win the division at plus three forty. Cause I think they kind of correlate. Mm-hmm. If he's gonna win rookie of the year, it's gonna be because that team like kind of makes the playoffs, which is possible. You can maybe get I know we're nitpicking at like, you know, a dollar seventy more. Yeah. But it
2: goes a long way over time. I think Be very careful with that Bryce Young pick. I think early on in the year, uh, you have a quarterback battle there, bro. Like, I think Andy Dalton, you know, he could very well start game one if Bryce doesn't look the part. Now, Frank Reich is, like, in love with Bryce Young. He's been saying he's a 10 out of 10 quarterback, right? Right. Andy Dalton is pretty steady. And there's some tough games early on for Carolina, including week two, hosting the Saints on Monday Night Football. It'll be very interesting to see who's going to be starting that game. Now, I know it it may just sound like asinine, but like there's developing a team and then there's winning now. And I think the Panthers will have to decide. And you know, when you are trying to change the culture and get back to Super Bowl ways, winning now is the answer. Not development play. You know, Bryce Young could come in quarter of the way through the season if Andy Dalton isn't playing out well. But you you have a a solid vet there. So, how did you feel about that take? Because I I I've been soaking on it, and I'm like, is it really? A quarterback battle? Is it locked up by Bryce? So, we were talking before about Andrew Luck.
1: I feel like his draft class kind of fucked it up for everyone else. Did you remember that draft class, bro? It was Tannehill, Luck, RG3, Russell Wilson, Brandon Whedon. Mm. All of them started like week one. And it became a thing where Yo, if you're a first round pick, I know, I know that Russell wasn't a first round pick. Remember, they signed Matt Flynn that year to like a big deal. Then he beat him right. out in the preseason. But if you really look at all the quarterbacks and the conversation around quarterbacks after 20, 20, uh, after twenty twelve, those quarterbacks all started. Every other team that drafted a quarterback, if if your first round pick didn't start week one, it's like yo, what's wrong with him? Right. It's like, what's up? Dude, even Geno Smith started week one that, those years, right? And, and that's what happened. So, you know who
2: didn't? Patrick Mahomes. Whoa. Just saying. A year of learning is just yeah. monumental for these NFL studs. And it portrays the wrong picture. So, like, in my head, and the reason why I even brought that up is, like, if Bryce Young's playing bad, do we go back to Andy Dalton anyways? like halfway through the season no you got to ride out with them. so the chiefs though they were a team
1: that was winning with alex smith true so that's why it was a wait and see with pat mahomes That's still can you know we just made the divisional round and we just always knew what the ceiling was with the chiefs where this kid the ceiling is what we see now two super bowl wins yeah, three Super Bowl appearances in five years and case goes on but I, I love what you were saying but I did want to highlight that 2012 draft class dude no
2: that's it was perfect perfect uh, way to kind of paint the picture for me because I mean I want to start to find the stigma breakers being a winning football team in my eyes it comes through a person that's had thousands of reps yeah and why not you know, after a month and a half in, if it's not working, let's get the young guy in. But if he comes in and he sucks and you want to switch back, you're going to remember this podcast. Dude, and also,
1: and we'll end with this, the stigma breakers. Think about the wide receiver position. That 2014 class, Brandon Cooks, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, yep. Odell, Sammy Watkins. Remember Sammy Watkins when he first the went Clemson to Buffalo? Border. Yeah. It was no longer, oh, man, I got to start this guy on my fantasy team. He's a rookie. It's like, nah, bro, these are the best receivers in the league right now. And that's exactly what was happening. Mm -hmm. So you look at, from a quarterback standpoint, it was a 2012 class. And then from a wide receiver standpoint, it was 2014. 2014. And now you see first-round wide receivers. Man, it's hard for you to miss on a first-round wide receiver. Like, it's hard for you to miss. It needs to be something so outrageous like Jalen Rieger where he actually played and just didn't develop and didn't deliver. But yeah. like Kadarius Toney, for as much shit as the Giants got, when he was healthy, he was productive. It's just that he would have one game where he'd catch nine passes and then he'd miss nine weeks with a hamstring. So, yeah, yeah, this was the NFC South division preview storylines and the whole nine you'll be getting an nfl episode every week throughout the rest of the year until we get actually throughout the rest of the year the the rest of 2023 you'll be getting nfl content every week so george this was fun as always
2: i can't thank you enough man i really do appreciate sitting here with you and uh look forward to doing again soon.
1: I love it, man. I love having you on. That's why I continue to ask you to, to come on and, and I enjoy the conversations. Tell the people where they can find you and the at stuff you're working on.
2: Mr. George Carmona on all social media platforms and at Gridiron Junkies. If you want to follow a football podcast that, you know, doesn't talk about anything else other than football at Gridiron Junkies, I'm your host. And that's it. That's it. That's it. All Have, things veterans minimum is at veterans minimum at Nick day is 10 as you can find me uh, and uh, um congratulations to the Miami heat and wow. winning winning well the series seven.
1: might still be going on bro
2: yeah but I'm just you know we hot-taked it earlier I was I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna hot take it congrats to the heat wow that's it I'm a gold All right. medalist. <laughs> that's it
0: bronze like your is oh, man. so many deer in headlights but it's bad time hit a supper bell main course beat a venison
2: Zeb most dangerous
0: game. Either kill a be